We've got to do more collectively to support nurses as innovators and tap into those ideas that they inherently have because they see the bigger picture and they're good at connecting the dots. There's so many wonderful things that nurses bring to the table. Let's let's all own it. I would love to see every nurse out there take every opportunity that they have to really help people understand what they do. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Hi, this is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Voice of Humana Nurses podcast. Our conversations on this podcast are dedicated to nurses, Our guests are nurses, nurse leaders, and nursing advocates who are committed to reshaping and redefining health and healthcare delivery by amplifying the voice and the role of nurses in our healthcare ecosystem. And today, I'm so delighted to host a wonderful nursing advocate and healthcare leader, Linda Benton. Linda's the Senior Director of Global Community Impact Strategic Initiatives at Johnson & Johnson. And on this episode, we'll talk about the importance and the impact of championing and supporting nurses and leveraging nursing expertise to continue to strengthen and move our healthcare system forward. We're at a critical inflection point with our nursing workforce. We have staffing shortages. We have the eye on burnout that this profession is facing. We're facing some real challenges. So how we tap into everything that nurses bring to the table how we really truly listen to what nurses have to say and how we engage with and support nurses is so important. It's so crucial and can't be understated. So welcome to the Voice of Humana Nurses podcast, Linda, and thanks for carving out some time to spend with me and our listeners today. Absolutely, Kathy. Great, great to be here and thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Me too. So let's get the conversation open by getting to know you a little better. For starters, why don't you tell our listeners where you're joining us from today? Absolutely. I'm in the beautiful uh, state of New Jersey, the Garden State, uh, which is where Johnson & Johnson World Headquarters are located as well as where I live. And it's where I live too. (laughs) So we have that in common. So Linda, can you tell us a little bit more about your career journey? I know that you're not a nurse by background, but we know you're a super advocate for nurses. What inspires your work in healthcare? And maybe even more specifically, where did this passion and love for nursing advocacy come from? Yeah, you know, Kathy, actually, it's a it's kind of a, a two-tailed story. I will tell you, like many people, when I was growing up, um, my one of my aunts was a nurse. And over the years, I saw her go through various levels of education where she started at the bedside. And when she retired just a year ago, she was leading a nursing program out in Nevada. So as I was growing up throughout the years, I watched her progress. And when we would get together at family get-togethers, we would talk about what was happening. And she would always seek me out because she knew um, that I was working at Johnson & Johnson. And she was always so impressed by what J&J was doing. And we would have really interesting conversations about the nursing profession. But from a personal side, it started when I was very young. Um, but at, at the professional level, I, you know, I joined J&J actually 31 years ago um, and had an incredible um, career here in a variety of roles. But I started my career 
in pharmaceutical in the pharmaceutical sector in a sales position. And that's, again, where I really started to gain an even deeper appreciation for the role of nurses, the impact that nurses have in healthcare, for how nurses you know, interact with patients. Um, and as my career prog- progressed, whether I was out in the field calling on customers or whether I was in marketing roles or other leadership roles, I continued to come across the path of nurses. And I really developed a very deep respect for the way nurses look at healthcare, for the way that nurses care for patients, um, and I just had some incredible conversations over the year where I just really grew to develop some wonderful relationships with people, with nurses in the field, but again, just had a really strong appreciation for what they bring to healthcare. I stepped into this role, actually, which was in 2017. I'll be honest with you, I stepped into it with a little bit of fear and apprehension because I knew even in 2017, you know, J&J has been supporting nurses for so long, literally 125 years. And when I stepped in, you know, I hadn't been as close to the nursing profession, you know, as of recently. And I really wanted to make sure that in taking over this role and representing our commitment to the profession, that I was doing my homework, that I was representing things accurately, and that I could speak from a point of knowledge. Um, I didn't want to be that person going out there and talking about nurses, but really coming across as not knowing what they were talking about. So I really took some time to really invest and have many conversations with many nurses over the last five years, yourself being one of them, to kind of develop my my working knowledge and my viewpoints and to help shape how J&J supports the profession moving forward. It's a great story. And, you know, it, it is amazing. We often talk about how personal stories and personal interactions with friends or relatives um, who are nurses have really kind of given us the picture of, you know, of, of the value and and the needs of nurses um, along the way. And, and we truly appreciate um, it is amazing that um, the support of nurses in the nursing profession is such an important part of the J&J mission. So um, it's, it's an awesome background. So, Linda, one of the things yeah. that I wanted to, to really probe, you know, despite all of the skills and experiences that nurses bring in so many settings to healthcare, um, I think sometimes the value and the impact of nurses, especially in settings that might be outside of what people see as a typical bedside role, um, sometimes the impact and, and what nurses have, the value that they have to bring to the table, um, is sometimes underestimated and, and often underutilized, frankly. Um, you know this well, as you and your team at J&J are really committed to supporting and advancing the profession, and especially focusing on nurse innovation. Can you share some thoughts about how we might shift the public perception of value that nurse bring, nurses bring across healthcare and across the business of healthcare, settings that are in the business area as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it amazes me, Kathy, even when I talk to, you know, friends and family today, um, when you talk to them about what nurses do, a lot, a lot of times I'll get that look of, really? I didn't know that. I think people um, with the best of intentions just have a certain viewpoint of what a nurse does day in and day out. And it's probably they're thinking about a nurse in relation to, you know, working with an acute, you know, care facility. But certainly we know to your point that nurses work in, you know, pretty much every corner of every community and could be found in a variety of ways and a variety of places where they're providing care. I I think one of the most important things that we can do is, you know, as a nursing profession, again, speaking as a nurse advocate, is I would love to see every nurse out there take every opportunity that they have to help reshape the narrative, to really help people understand what they do, 
what their jobs look like, how they interact with, with patients or how they impact healthcare, and really to show the real impact. I get so frustrated when I, you know, turn on the television and I see some of the shows that are supposedly healthcare related shows and show how they are depicting the nursing profession. I still have not seen one who's gotten it right yet. And I think when you have, you know, mainstream media continuing to portray nurses in a certain way, that's going to continue to build that stereotype out there. At the, at the flip side, though, I know that we've got, you know, roughly 4 million nurses out there on, on, on any given day. And I think collectively, if the profession could come together and continue to, to do more to lead the dialogue and to shape the dialogue, I think that would take things, um, you know, in the right direction. I'll, I'll tell you from a J&J perspective, this is something that's core to our strategy and what we're looking to do in 2022, um, and that we really want to continue to advocate for the fun, fundamental value of the nursing profession. We're supporting television ads, social media ads, newspaper ads, and USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, sorry, USA Today, uh, Washington Post, and New York Times. We also have the See You Now podcast, and it's all about showing the real impact of nurses in healthcare. So we're trying to do our part to take these communications vehicles and reach out to a broader public audience. Um, we are also trying to go to, um, to get out of what we call the, the nursing bubble, right? I love talking to nursing organizations and nurses on any given day, but I think to really drive change and shift the way people uh, look at the nursing profession and the impact nurses have in healthcare, I think we've got to take really definitive and intentional steps to have a presence outside of the nursing bubble. So getting on healthcare podcasts, getting um, into conferences outside of nursing, going to healthcare think tanks, those types of things. And I can tell you again, from a J&J perspective, we're gonna be doing that um, over the next couple of months is talking about the impact of nurses to a healthcare audience that's probably not as acclimated and familiar with, with what nurses do every day. So from a J&J perspective, that's kind of what we're doing. But I think from a nursing perspective, I think nurses can do um, even more to be more intentionally visible. Um, and this isn't going to be for everybody, but for some people, you know, it's an opportunity perhaps to get media trained so that we can have more nurses being physically visible to the, to the, the media to kind of help shape the story and the narrative and tell the real stories in terms of what's happening out there. I would love to see more nurses get out their pens and author op-eds. Um, in a variety of publications. I think nurses can do more as well to when, when we're publishing to get outside of strictly nursing journals and to look for those other journals where there's a broader healthcare audience. And the same would go for podcasts and conferences as well. And then I think the last thing that could happen here um, is to have encouraged nurses to do more you know, in their places of work as well as in their communities to get on boards and committees where again, the nursing voice, because of all the experience and knowledge that nurses have, they can bring their voice to those conversations um, to help, again, shape where, where strategies go, where resources go, but also importantly, really ref reflect back very positively about the nursing workforce and the way they look at situations and the way in the work that can be done. So I think there's a variety of things that can be done, but I couldn't agree with you more that there's a lot that still needs to be done. Yeah, those are really all good, um, very solid suggestions, too, both for the individual nurse and the responsibility that we have as organizations to provide that visibility and to provide it, um, you know, in these very broad public media um, as well. 
um, one of the things that, that we've really been focusing on is encouraging our nurses here at Humana to really think about the skills that they have and how they translate to things like community organization, leadership, boards, et cetera. And, you know, I, I think... I think it just it does take you know as you said we have over four million nurses in the United States. Um, let's really change that narrative. Let's really um, claim the expertise and the difference that nurses make. So I 100% agree with everything that you said there. You know, it's there. It's just a matter of taking that first step. For it, sure. Yeah, yeah, and keep stepping right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've had a rough couple of years, um, but um, I think it's only exacerbated some of the issues that have existed for a long time um, in the healthcare profession and, and existed with nurses. We hear about workforce shortages, burnout within the nursing profession. These are really serious issues that really are, are you know, can impact the sustainability of our healthcare systems. Um, so I know one of the surveys recently, um, the McKinsey survey, which was published in January, does shed a little light on some of the issues that are causing nurses not only to leave jobs or different practice setting, but to leave the nursing profession altogether, which is a really scary thing. Um, conversely, what are the things that we as organizations, we as nurse leaders and advocates, we as fellow nurses of um, the nursing profession can do to help support our fellow nurses and help them stay in the profession? So, um, Linda, can you talk to us a little bit about your view about some of the findings, the data from the survey, and what opportunities that, that and challenges that might bring to us as a healthcare system, especially around um, potential innovation, ways that we can redefine the way that we address these foundational challenges and stop the exodus from the nursing profession? Absolutely. You know, um, I've been following the McKinsey work. I started seeing them publish, I want to say, early in 2020 as the pandemic was getting rolling. And we have developed a really nice uh, relationship with the authors of many of those articles to understand what they had coming next. And I have nothing but the deepest respect for the research that they're doing. And the specific, um, I think, piece of research that you're referring to, Kathy, from January, I really found to be really amazing and insightful data. Um, there's actually one chart that's in that study that I have printed out it's on my desk. Um, I look at it every day when I'm talking to a variety of people about what's happening in the nursing profession today. And it's actually one chart that I wish could be on the wall of every single health system out there. Because I really think it does an amazing job of really showing the top factors that are influencing whether nurses are going to stay or leave. Um, and, I, you know, until I saw this article and the way they did this research, again, this was pretty robust. I think there were 700 nurses in this study. You know, I think everyone had a theory about what was going on and what was causing it and what was behind it. But this is the first time where I really saw it laid out so clearly. And I was excited to see the data. But I will also tell you when I saw it, it frustrated me. <clears throat> and in some cases, it made me sad because when you look at what the top reasons are in terms of why nurses are staying or going, it's not rocket science. And I'm looking at, I have it sitting in front of me right now. Um, and when you look at this data, you know, the top reasons are these. Nurses are looking for a safe environment, a healthy work-life balance, having caring and trusting teammates, doing meaningful work, 
having a flexible work schedule, being valued by organizations they work for and their manager, um, having, in, having adequate compensation. That's actually number eight on the list overall, but also workload comes into play. So when you look at these things, these reasons why nurses are staying or leaving, it's again, to me, I look at this and I'm like, it's so clear and it's, and it's manageable and it's things that we can wrap our arms around. You know, compensation is one thing and I know that that's complicated and there's a lot of factors that come into that. But when I looked at this the first time, Kathy, I have to tell you, my, my mind went back to a psychology class that I took in college where we learned about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you haven't thought about that recently, I'll just hit the highlight for you because I went back and looked at it again very recently. It starts with physiological, and that's like food and clothing, the basics that you need to live. Then it goes to safety, and that's all about control and order and physical and health and wellness. Then it goes to love and belonging, esteem, which means appreciation and respect, and then self-actualization is at the top of his hierarchy. And that's where people, he said, people really feel like they're, they're really um, living to their fullest extent and doing what they're fully capable of. So when I look at that McKinsey study and I looked at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I'm like, it's right there. It's right there. If we can just address these foundational issues, get under the hood to understand why nurses are leaving and take action, we're not gonna have the situation that we have right now. But I think the challenge has been is we haven't had enough um, resources or people out there actively listening to nurses to understand this, wrap their arms around it and put actionable steps in place. And I think there's a huge opportunity there. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more, Linda. And, you know, these, I, I think a part of it is nurses claiming too that this is, this is a foundational structure that we should expect um, in our workplaces, that we should, as nurse leaders, as nurse advocates, that we should demand and that should we, we should make sure um, does happen. Um, these are, these are not outrageous things. Um, to ask for these, this is a structure that we need to make sure is in place. And and I love the analogy with Maslow's hierarchy there because I think it really does show those foundational things. Um, and you know, I think that's one of the things that we've really tried to think about in in the culture we want at our organization. Where what are the things that nurses value the most? And Yes, compensation, um, you know, everybody wants to be fairly compensated, but it's not the only factor. And there's so many more things that go into that, that stickiness of staying to make people want to stay. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, I think the findings there, if we really think about it, are not surprising, but I think bringing it front and center, um, as McKinsey did, is really important for the broader community to see as well. Yeah, and I think really, Kathy, it really starts with listening and listening and listening. You know, I, I feel like, you know, and I realize, again, it's a very complex situation, and I know that a lot of the health systems are scrambling to, you know, they have to bring in travel nurses because there's vacancies, and I, I get all that. But until we take clear steps to address these foundational issues, those challenges aren't going to go away. They've got to take out a clean sheet of paper. And, you know, from my perspective, I think it would just do a, such a ton of good for individual leaders to sit down with their nurses and really map out what's happening within their health systems. I know that many are doing that, which is great. 
but then engage nurses to help problem solve and how to fix it. I know, you know, the McKinsey article, I think does again, that does a nice job of talking about, you know, what can be done. And I know from a Jane Day perspective, you know, we really feel that there's an opportunity to take a clean sheet of paper to look at redesigning the healthcare work environment where nurses really feel that they can thrive, that they're valued, and that they're an important part of an interdisciplinary healthcare team. So whether that's, you know, addressing, you know, workforce flexibility with, you know, different staffing models, full-time, part-time, six hours a week, eight hours, whatever it's going to be, remote care, you know, new models of care that take advantage of what nurses bring to the party and, and different ways to deliver care. Um, I think reducing administrative burden always comes up in these surveys too, because nurses feel like, you know, their purpose in terms of what called them into the profession because of administrative burden today, a lot of times they're concerned that taking them away from caring for the patients that they, you know, that drew them in in the first place. But then I know nurses are looking for, you know, developmental and leadership career paths. And it doesn't have to be, you know, for every nurse coming in that we want to get them, you know, enabled to be a CNO. Maybe not everyone wants that. But I have to think that, again, when you look at what people, what motivates people, what connects people and engages people, it's feeling like they're, they're cared for, they're cared about, that they're engaged, and that they've got a purpose. And I, I've, again, seen some great examples of where, you know, health systems are really starting to wrap their arms around this and really to, to be, you know, developing a career path and development programs for these nurses. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of conversations as well about, you know, mental health and burnout. And we've seen burnout up to 70%. And again, to me, certainly that accelerated and understandably so during the pandemic because of all that was going on. But it also, to me, was a symptom of the underlying challenges because you put the pandemic on top of all the other stuff we just talked about from the McKinsey study, and that's where you have a recipe for disaster. Um, so, so I think if we can address some of these foundational issues, um, I think the mental health piece will also come into play um, as well. And I think and another important one that I think it really comes up a lot is nurses really feel that because of their educational background, because of the time that so many of them spend in direct patient care, or even if they're on the analytical side, they're looking at data, they've got insights that so many other healthcare providers just wouldn't naturally have because of the way the nursing role works. And I think we've got to do more collectively to support nurses as innovators and tap into those ideas that they inherently have because they see the bigger picture and they're good at connecting the dots. Um, because I think that's, you know, historically how healthcare has worked since the very beginning. And I think if we really want to continue to transform healthcare, which is so sorely needed, we've got to do more to tap into nursing innovation and provide them with a clear path forward and resources to innovate to help get us out of the situation that we're currently in. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up nurse-led innovation, um, Linda. You know, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. I know J&J has a great commitment to that area. Um, You know, can you talk a little bit more about why you think that nurses are so vital to, you know, transforming healthcare, how nurses can lead uh, in, in, in the innovation arena and maybe some of the things that, um, you know, from the J&J perspective that you're doing and that you're driving, there's a lot of great efforts out there. And I think sometimes nurses are a little fearful or don't like to claim that they're innovators. But when you look at the day-to-day, uh, nurses are, are innovators and, and really have that whole picture view and are thinking about how to get things done, how to make things work, and how to make things better for those we care for all the time. 
Yeah, could not agree more. I think so many people, you know, nurses are innovating every day, but they don't see themselves necessarily as innovators. They think that's just kind of how I operate and that's part of my job. Um, but I think when, what we have found is that, you know, nurse-led innovation goes back to the very beginning. I mean, you can, you can go back and look at Florence Nightingale, for example, who, you know, was, was innovated behind hygiene protocols, and that was back in the 1850s. Um, and then throughout time, you know, Bessie Blount Griffin from the 1940s, she, she was a black nurse who was also a physical therapist who was working with veterans, and she invented a feeding tube that enabled disabled veterans to feed themselves independently. Then you have examples like Sister Jean Ward in the 1950s, who developed you know, neonatal phototherapy, so exposing infants to sunlight. Um, Anita Dorr in the crash cart in the 1960s, and it goes on and on and on. And I will tell you this, this is kind of interesting. Um, when I stepped into this role in 2017, we wanted to take a fresh look and we took a timeout to do pretty intensive market research and talk to people internally and externally and quantitative and qualitative and really to try to wrap our arms around what were the needs of the nursing workforce at the time, what was happening in healthcare as a better way to really understand where J&J could put our, our voice and our resources to support the nursing profession. So we did this research and we found very quickly that nurses had the bigger picture. They could see what was coming down the pike. Um, they, they understood what was needed in healthcare to really drive healthcare transformation. But at the same time, we were seeing from across multiple stakeholders that nurses continued to be undervalued and the skills of nurses were underutilized. And as we were having these conversations, things about innovation started popping into the conversations and people will talk about, oh, you know, well, I know so-and-so did this or this person did this and innovation. And there was this whole thread of nurse-led innovation in healthcare. Yet when I went online and our team went online to go dig a little bit deeper, we had a hard time using good old Google finding these stories. And so we really felt that given the healthcare situation at the time and given the skill sets of nurses, that innovation really should be a core part of our strategy starting in 2018 because we really felt that we have a healthcare system that needs transformation and we have a healthcare workforce who is ready, willing, and able and has the skill sets, but we need to get the more exposure um, and more support. So as we were looking for these stories in the internet and couldn't find them, we actually had to hire someone through an agency partner who could scour the web and really dig deeply to find these stories of nurse-led innovation. Um, and when we found them, they were amazing, but we really had to hunt. And what I'm excited about today is if you Google nurse-led innovation, you will see a slew of stories coming across, which is amazing and just speaks to, again, I think the work of nurses and how they're transforming healthcare every day. So I think it's important to your original question because nurses have been doing it from the very beginning and a lot of people don't know that. But I think, again, because of where healthcare is going, you know, with more care going outside of the hospital into the community um, with a focus on prevention and education, there's no more natural fit in that space than a nurse. And an innovative nurse is going to be able to help us connect the dots and, and improve healthcare. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so appreciate the focus that J&J has led on innovation and especially nurse innovation in the healthcare space. Um, we've had several of our nurses participate, for example, in some of the um, nurse hackathons and some other opportunities. And, you know, there's always seems to be a little trepidation at first. And um, the, the experiences are very supportive. And, you know, it doesn't take long before they own it um, and really 
kind of change the perception. And it, it is what we need. It really is um, very empowering. And, and I think being able to share those stories is just so inspiring to so many people. So, yeah, it, we try to do that at, at every chance that we can, Kathy, for sure. And to your point, I know you've been involved with a nurse uh, hackathon event. So thank you for your participation and, and, and coaching along the way there as well. Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing opportunities. So I, I could probably talk to you for about another two hours, um, but we're kind of coming to the end. Well, maybe we'll do another one. Kind of coming to the end of our time here. Um, you know, one of the things that I like to ask everybody, you know, we, we've gone through a lot in the past few years, all of us, nurses included, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, how COVID has exacerbated and brought more, you know, maybe more focus on, on some of the opportunities and some of the challenges that we face. Um, where do you see the future of nursing as we're hopefully exiting at least um, some stages of, of the pandemic that we're in? What are, what are some of your hopes for the future of nursing? My hope would be that we really take a time out to learn um, from the pandemic to understand, you know, the impact that nurses had and what, what tr just transpired. Because I think it's fair to say, as you've already mentioned, that the pandemic uncovered a lot of the um, challenges that we have within the healthcare system as a whole. So I think there's an opportunity, though, to learn from the amazing impact that nurses had during the pandemic. And I know the news media always covers, you know, the stress and the burnout and the negative things that happened within the frontline health workers, including nurses in the pandemic, and that's totally understandable. At the same time, and again, we've done research to look at this with the Accelerating Nursing Transforming Healthcare uh, Research Report that we did with ANA and ANL, and one of our key learnings from that research is that um, nurses did exemplary things during the pandemic, and in many ways, as negative and as horrific as the pandemic was, it also removed a lot of the barriers that were holding nurses back from stepping in and leaning and innovating. So I'm hopeful for the future, Kathy, in relation to, I think, where healthcare can go. Um, I think that's with the caveat that we're able to take a time out, listen to the nursing profession as a whole to really look at those foundational challenges that we talked about that they've been facing for decades and to take real action. Um, because I think at a very simple level, if we can engage uh, our nursing workforce again, um, you know, in a way that aligns with their purpose to make them feel as a very valuable part of a healthcare team, um, and to enable them to contribute to the level that we know that they can based upon their education and their skills and their background, I think that the future looks really bright for nursing because there's going to be nothing but increased need for what nurses bring to the table when it comes to healthcare. But to get there, we've got to take a time out and really work to address those foundational challenges that we talked about first. Right, right. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I, I hope to those um, of our nursing colleagues and others in the healthcare profession that are listening, that we really take this challenge. There's so much potential here. There's so many wonderful things that nurses bring to the table. Let's, let's all own it and let's step up and support one another um, so there is that visibility. Um, and as organizations, let's really commit to those structural, um, organizational, foundational um, opportunities that we have. Um, the future of healthcare really is at stake. Um, and I, I'm with you. It is. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm hopeful we, we have the right ingredients. We have the right people. 
Um, we have focus on things like nurse-led innovation and focus on these amazing stories. Um, I think that is something that the pandemic has brought about. There is more public focus on the value that nurses bring, the essential value. So I too am hopeful. And Linda, thank you so, so much for spending some time with us today. And thank you for all that you do and for the support that J&J &J has for the nursing community. Really do appreciate it. Thanks again for the time, Kathy. It's always good to connect with you. And of course, I could talk about this for hours as well. So I appreciate the opportunity. And um, yeah, we've got some work to do. But again, based on some examples that I'm seeing out there on a day-to-day -day basis, I know that it can be done. So we can do this. We can. We can. So thanks again. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to the Voice of Humana Nurses wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments and your feedback and your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear from or hear about. So until next time, be well. Be well.